0: Hey, this is Vikram Panchal from the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm so thrilled you could be joining me today. So buckle up your seatbelt and get ready for some fresh, actionable content coming your way right now. Hey guys, welcome to another month of our podcast. I'm so excited to introduce my guest to you today. Her name is Candace Bergen and Candace is a qualified naturopath and clinician. She has worked in a number of health retreats and day spas, inspiring people to take charge of their health and well-being. Candace is also an international speaker, recording artist, and most importantly, she comes with her own unique sense of humor. So Candace, welcome to Lead Your Life. I'm so excited to have you here. It's your first time to join us, so welcome.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Vikram. I'm so excited to be here with you too. Finally, we got to tee it up, (laughs) eh?
0: Yeah, that's right. So, you know, Candice, we've talked a number of times in the past, usually on the phone. And recently, Mm -hmm. I was really fortunate we had a chance to to make things work and you were in Melbourne. And so we had a chance to catch up recently recently. And every time I've noticed, whenever we speak together, you're always talking about how amazing the state is that you live in, that sunny Queensland. And for those of us who may be listening and don't know where that is, that's in Australia. And so tell me, you know, what what makes the state so amazing that, you know, you, you want to keep promoting it, want to keep talking about it?
1: Yeah, look, I think you love wherever you're from, right? So everybody loves their own stomping ground. But um, I don't want to make anyone jealous, but you know that we are called the Sunshine State for a reason. And uh, I have lived in all the different states in Australia. And I've got to say, I always come back to Queensland. It feels like home to me. It just has everything that I love. So I love having that continuous, pretty good weather most of the time. Um, We have that beautiful sun, we're close to the surf, not far from the rainforest, we kind of have everything fairly close. So yeah, I love it. It's a beautiful environment as well, technically for your health. So it's those warmer climates, which are always better for your health. But it's just a really nice laid back kind of state. Um, It's very clean. And also, yeah, it's very relaxed. So it's good. It it creates for a good quality of life.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome, Candice. Now, you and your sister recently started up a pretty bold initiative called Oakwood Wellbeing Centre. Now, tell me the journey of how you got to this place because you were so excited about it and uh, what can people expect from this well-being center?
1: Yeah, so we have worked in different wellness retreats around the world and it was just such an amazing experience to be able to start our own. And so a couple of months ago, we got together with some friends. There's four of us that are running it and who are directing it. And we started up this wellness retreat not knowing that it would just explode. And already we have bookings up until November. So it's just incredible. We're so thankful. And we our first wellness retreat actually started in May and already with like amazing results. Our clients are very, very happy. So at Oakwood Wellbeing Centre, if you come as a guest, you do get to come to sunny Queensland and enjoy the perfect weather. But also to our wellness retreat is located just 10 minutes outside of Chinchilla. So, it's a rural kind of situation. It has beautiful countryside, and we are located on a 300 acre working organic farm. So, the food that we produce for our guests is incredible. You'll have to come and try it sometime. But honestly, it's nutrient dense, it's all organic, and there's nothing better than having that freshness from the farm to the plate. So, the guests that come can experience a range of different tailored wellness retreat programs. So, we run programs that are focused on people to be able to de-stress, or people with depression and anxiety, anyone who needs thyroid resetting. But our most popular retreat is turning out to be our Gut Reset Retreat. So I'm glad that we're talking about this today, because if anybody hears this and thinks, I really need some extra support, then come along to Oakwood Wellbeing Centre and try out our Gut Reset Program. It's a wonderful living experience where you get one-on-one time with myself, the naturopath, and of course you get to work out what your um, causative factors of your disease is and then how to eliminate them and even more so how to treat them and to regain optimal health and vitality. So we really do have a little bit of everything for everyone and the other thing that we're really excited about is actually running intense five-day workshops. Uh, So these are like mini courses you can come along and stay and live in and experience learn the theory and then experience the hands-on practical aspect. So everything from learning how to take care of yourself, your family and your friends through hydrotherapy, or you can come along and do a basic massage course. We also have uh, like five-day plant-based cooking courses. So you can come along and learn how to eat and create incredible plant-based meals. And there's a whole bunch of other courses as well. But basically, there's something to suit everyone. And we really love the aspect of being able to help and care for people with the wellness retreat side of things. But then, of course, to educate and give people the tools to be able to live a better life when they go home through the training aspect side of things. So super excited that Oakwood Wellness Retreat is up and running. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to the future.
0: That's awesome, Candace. Thanks for giving that amazing overview of what you guys are planning to do for this year and obviously for the upcoming years as well. I think it's so exciting and I think, uh, you know, the reason why we started this podcast called Lead Your Life is because we want people to take uh, their life to the next level and live it to the full potential that God has designed it for. And obviously, health has yeah. a big, big aspect to play in that. And it's uh, it's an area that a lot of people are tapping into these days. But people are searching online and they are consulting with different uh, professionals, so to speak, you know, who guide them in different directions. And they're not sure exactly how to navigate their health through. So I'm really, really mm-hmm. glad that you're the one who's joining us for this podcast to help us understand you know this theme of health a little bit better, and hopefully it's going to be beneficial to our audience. I know it will, and so I'm excited to have you here. And uh, today we're going to be talking specifically about the gut brain connection, and I know that's one of the courses you're sort of offering in your health and well being retreat. So you know, uh, mm-hmm. before we get into the nitty gritty about you know resetting the gut and how to love your guts, how to maintain your guts, and all that sort of stuff, you know, firstly tell me, you know what what is the gut? in simple terms, like when we're talking about the gut, what should we be thinking about? And where exactly is it in the body to begin with?
1: Yeah, so the gut is something that a lot of us don't understand exactly where it is or what it is. So sometimes we think that it's part of the entire gastrointestinal tract, the GI tract, Um, but that tract is pretty long. So the GI tract technically starts in your mouth and then your esophagus, your stomach, your small intestine, large intestine, and then of course the anus. And then we also have other organs that make up that part of the GI tract as well, such as your liver, your pancreas, and your gallbladder. But technically, the term gut actually refers to the little alimentary canal between your pylorus and the anus. So it really is from the end of the stomach, all the way down through the small intestine, large intestine, and then the anus. So it's kind of really just the bottom part of that entire large GI tract.
0: Okay, awesome. That's really helpful. So You know, why why is the gut uh, such an important topic today? You know, sometimes I'm driving down and I see adverts about, you know, taking care of gut health. So, you know, obviously people are cluing into the the importance of the gut. You know, so let me ask you, you know, why why is the gut such an important part of our body?
1: Yeah, well, actually... um It's only of recent years, really, sort of like the last like 20 or so years that we have begun to realize how important and what a vital role the gut actually plays in our health and well-being. And not just physical health, but also our mental health, our mood and our emotions. So the gut really is, I guess, what Hippocrates said, you know, he said way back when that all diseases begin in the gut. And it's also true in the reverse. So all health begins in the gut as well. So really when you have any kind of physical manifestation of a disease or some something that's just not quite right, a condition, we always look back at the at the gut health and see what is going wrong, you know, what is out of whack, what needs to be fixed and what needs to be altered in order for that gut to regain health because then it in turn affects every other aspect of our being so yeah it is so important and people only now are realizing if you're not well oh am i taking the right food for my gut am i giving it all the nutrients that it requires for optimal health and so more and more people are becoming aware of how important it is and i believe it's not too far in the future where we'll be using probiotics as an actual disease treatment protocol and strategy. So it's very exciting times that we're living in.
0: All right, Candice, now you talked a little bit about bacteria. Now, I've got to confess, you know, when I think about bacteria, I get turned off a little bit just because apparently bacteria Mm -hmm. is not something necessarily being promoted as being good for you. You know, when I think about Mm -hmm. bacteria, I'm thinking COVID-19, And, you know, flus and all these sort of things where people (laughs) say, you know, avoid bacteria like the plague. Right. But you're actually saying that some kinds of bacteria are actually good for you. And you call it the microbiome. It's a big word, but break that Mm -hmm. down for a little a little bit for us. Help us to explain what this actually means.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, obviously, there are good bacteria and there are bad bacteria. And we should be afraid of the bad bacteria because they can cause a lot of havoc in our bodies. But um, it's normal to have a bit of both in our gut. But what we do want is to have the majority of good bacteria ruling the show. So, you know, our first exposure to bacteria is actually when we're born. So as we are born in a natural birth and the child um, comes through down the actual birth canal, that child picks up a whole bunch of bacteria, which then starts its own microbiome within the child's gut. Okay, So the, generally you'll come head first when you're born and you'll pick up everything from that canal. Now, they found that those children who were not born naturally and who were C-section babies actually had impaired immunity, had poor microbiome, um, poor cognitive function and behavioral issues that were not only evident at an early age, but also throughout life. So really, that first exposure to bacteria as a child is so important for setting up your health and well-being for the rest of your life. So the incredible thing with our guts is that, yes, they house millions of different microbes. And we call that the microbiome or we call it microbiota. But basically what it is, it's the bacteria that's within our GI tract. We also call it gut flora as well. But what we found is that we have around 10 times more bacterial cells, usually about 90% in our body than we even have human cells. So we only have about 10% human cells. So you could actually say that we're kind of more bacterial than human. So more of a reason for us to start loving good bacteria and to start loving our guts, right? But what they found is that these trillions of microorganisms that live in our gut, there are so many of them that literally they can weigh up to one and a half kilos. And that's pretty heavy.
0: Yeah, that is pretty heavy. And so, you know, next time I'm putting on a little bit of weight, I'm just going to blame the microbiome, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, for sure. And that's okay because what they've found is that when you add, um, when you increase your microbiome environment, yes, you may have a little bit of extra weight there, but what it does is it helps you to lose weight, especially belly weight. So how good is that?
0: (laughs) That's good. So maybe I need to pump up my microbiome then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we all do.
0: So Candice, I was actually going to ask you, you know, for those who haven't been born naturally, right, and they've come out Mm C-section, are they going to be doomed? You know, like, uh, what does that mean for, for for the rest of their life?
1: I know it sounds sad hey I don't want to disappoint anybody or make you feel bad but I I was also a c-section baby and all it means is that we need to work a little bit harder especially when we become aware of it to repopulate the good bacteria in our gut so we are able to also have good health and good cognitive function and also better behavior by increasing that microbiome but it means that we have to put a bit more effort in than the average person who was born naturally so it's it's not ideal but what parents can do if they need to um, have a c-section for their child they can give that child copious amounts of bacteria um, as soon as they're born and so that will basically be very similar to them being born through the birth canal so not all hope is lost um, but it's definitely harder because we've only become aware of this kind of information in recent times and so for those of us who've lived our whole life and we were c-section babies we wonder you know it all makes sense why we've struggled in certain areas um, compared to our counterparts so but there is, it's never too late, so we can always improve our gut microbiome, it doesn't matter what age you are, and you will reap the rewards of yeah, improved immunity, and also your cognitive function can be greatly improved, and even your behavioural outcomes can be improved as well. So it's never too late, which is good to know.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, and obviously food plays a big part of that, which you're going to be getting into soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it really is the foundation for creating a really healthy microbiome, or doing the opposite okay so um, because we have over 500 different species of bacteria and two-thirds of those bacteria um, are actually completely unique to every individual so it's kind of like a fingerprint we really need to make sure that we take care of our own microbiome and it's going to be a little bit different for everybody but the more broad spectrum range of probiotics that we can ingest So generally through eating, but also you can take some really strong um, probiotics to help regain a healthy microbiome. So that's one that you'd want to go and speak to a health practitioner about to get the right variety. uh, You can really improve all aspects of your being. So physically, emotionally and mentally. And it makes a massive difference in just your day to day life.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, you know, you just mentioned uh, another word called probiotics and I've obviously heard of prebiotics. So, you know, break that down a little bit for us, you know, what what are prebiotics, what are probiotics, Um, you know, sometimes I go to the supermarket and I see Yakult, you know, or yogurt and people Mm -hmm. are saying, you know, those sort of products have, uh, you know, rich in bacteria, you know, and going to be beneficial for your gut. So, you know, uh, break that down for us a little bit. What are these terms? What do they mean? How is it beneficial for us?
1: Yeah, so um, there's prebiotics and there's probiotics. And the first one sounds like it should be taken before you have the second, right? So a prebiotic is basically um, an important factor to already have in your body before you're taking copious amounts of probiotics. So I've had so many clients come to me over the years and they've said to me, Oh, I've taken probiotics, but it didn't make any difference. And when I've asked them, You know, are you eating prebiotic foods? They're like, What? (laughs) And I think the reason being is because. We, I mean, these days, it's becoming a lot more readily available. And we understand that prebiotics are as important as probiotics. Um, But basically, what prebiotics are is they support your gut microbiome. Okay, a prebiotic is basically an indigestible food. And it supports all of your normal bacteria that live in your gut. So essentially, it's really just the food that we give our good bacteria to thrive and also to multiply. Um, And there are some like some of the richest food sources of prebiotics are actually raw garlic, raw leek and raw onions, um, raw asparagus. You've got raw bananas as well. I don't know if you've ever had Jerusalem artichokes. They're amazing. So that's a prebiotic. And artichoke hearts, just the normal ones that we have, like that Mediterranean kind of food. Um, And did you know that if you cook certain starchy foods like potatoes and then allow them to cool, the actual structure of that food changes and it becomes a prebiotic. So you can always reheat those potatoes later, don't worry. I'm not expecting people to eat a cold potato. But yeah, a cooked and a cooled potato is a prebiotic. And then there's a whole bunch of other goodies as well. So all of your dark leafy greens in general are basically prebiotic in nature. You've got your dandelion greens, sprouts, and of course, raw cabbage, spirulina, chlorella, and also avocado. So I always like to tell my clients to make themselves a beautiful prebiotic dip And all that is is a guacamole, right? So you've got your raw avocado, you've got your raw garlic. Sometimes I like to put onion in there. And that's a wonderful prebiotic food. Everybody loves guacamole. But of course, any or just one or a mixture of all of these different prebiotic foods are amazing to have as part of your daily diet. And what they'll do is they'll set up that really good gut microbiome environment so that when you take your beautiful probiotics, they won't be wasted. You're not just going to poop them out, okay? You'll actually be able to create the environment that will allow them to hang around and you'll also create that food that they'll be able to consume them to become healthy and multiply. So when it comes to probiotics, we all know how good those are, right? So everyone is on the probiotic bandwagon these days, but we know that it's important for so many things. So not just improving digestion, Um, Because, of course, it's going to help people if they have any kind of gas issues or diarrhea or constipation. But also, we know it strengthens the immune system. And more than ever, in the environment that we're living in these days, I think we realize how important that is to keep that immunity strong. Okay. But also, probiotics will improve your mental health symptoms. So, there is a massive amount of research now that shows that through the gut brain axis, we are able to change our mood and our mental health states. And this is very exciting. Um, So no longer do we just have to rely on antidepressants, but we can start fueling and feeding the gut. And it will in turn, yeah, if we love our guts, it will love our our health and help us to feel more positive and improve our mental health states. But of course, probiotics are good for a whole bunch of other good and different things. Main thing is, of course, it supports that gastrointestinal function. And one of the big things that's really important is that it, increases our mucosal barrier integrity so it helps to prevent and even treat leaky gut syndrome and that's a huge problem these days.
0: Yeah sure well you know you've covered quite a lot of information there and that's really really helpful so just to make sure I'm getting this right right because I'm not a naturopath I'm not a clinician and I'm, I've am i heard you do a similar topic to this in the past and so that's been helpful but just to make sure I've got this you know clear in my mind when we talk about prebiotics we're kind of saying like Prebiotics help to set up the environment uh, to create a healthy gut and the probiotics then kind of stimulate that. And uh, so if, if that is the case, right, then what kind of foods, you know, do we need to eat to make sure that we're getting the probiotics into our body, not just the prebiotics, but also the probiotics?
1: Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people know of prebiotics mostly through like taking supplements. And sometimes there's a need for that, especially if you've taken you know, a dose of antibiotics, you do wipe out the majority of your microbiome and it can stay like that for up to two years. So you do want to take a really, really strong probiotic in a capsule form and like straight after you've had um, a dose of antibiotics. But when it comes to food, there are some really rich food sources of probiotics And so taking into account that you are eating prebiotics every day and that you've got a really good environment for those probiotics to be able to go down and stay there and eat that food, um, you can get a huge amount of benefit from eating your cultured or fermented kind of foods. So everyone knows about sauerkraut, um, kimchi, tempeh, miso, and dairy-free yogurts. So usually with a lot of gut issues, I do prefer to get my clients on dairy-free versions of these um, fermented milk products. Um, but there is another product that I'm a huge fan of, and in recent years, it has come to the forefront. So have you ever heard of Kefir before?
0: Yes, it's I Keeper. have. Yes, I've heard of Kefir. Yes, yeah. we drink that.
1: Yeah. Oh, perfect. So it's amazing. It's now mainstream. So in the last couple of years, it has come out. You can buy it from Coles and Woolies, and they do have some wonderful dairy-free options. But. I am always a fan of actually getting um, those kefir milk grains, which you can just purchase from eBay or Gumtree and you should start making it yourself. So kefir is amazing because unlike your normal yogurts, so you know when you go to the shops and you buy some yogurt, if you look at the back, um, usually there'll be like one or two strains, okay? If you're lucky, (laughs) of different kinds of probiotic strains. But in Kefir, it's been found that there's around 60 plus different kind of strains. So it really is like a broad spectrum kind of um, range of different types of uh, probiotic strains. So it is far more better bang for your buck when it comes to increasing that probiotic in your gut. So um, for instance, sauerkraut kraut only has one strain of probiotic, sometimes two, but on the majority, you're only getting one or two strains from a lot of the cultured foods. But kefir will give you at least 60 different strains. And because we have like over 500 different strains of different probiotics that live in our gut, in our microbiome, you know, you really need to give it a huge variety of different cultured foods. Just having the same cultured food all the time will not really help you to repopulate that good bacteria. So do get yourself um, some kefir grains. Start making it yourself. And I recommend using a beautiful dairy-free milk that you can... um, use at home so i do prefer a high protein soy milk or a high protein almond milk okay so that's really what you want to make it on and that will give you a beautiful greek big style yogurt but totally plant-based and so good for your gut
0: yeah that's really awesome and you know you were talking about kefir before and it just made me a little bit hungry because you know whenever whenever we go (laughs) to the supermarket you know every now and then you know, my favorite one, my wife likes the natural kefir flavor, and I always try and yes. offer the blueberry flavored kefir. And I don't know if that's really healthy for you, oh, but yes. <laughs> anyways, like it tastes really good. So I'm more than happy to get kefir. you know, when we're, when we're doing our grocery yeah, shopping.
1: Absolutely. It's a wonderful health food.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for letting me know. I didn't realize I was actually doing something positive for my health. That's great. Um, and that's really beneficial. So thank you for that. You know, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, I've, I've heard the gut being described as your second brain. And I think you did mention that before as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, is that true? And how is that even possible? I mean, all this time, I know my brain is, is in my head. And we talk about making sure your brain health is looked after and, you know, your brain takes care of your mood, your function, and, you know, helps you to survive, basically, and think. So so how is Mm -hmm. the, why is the gut now being called the second brain?
1: Yeah. So look, it is true. And it's just incredible. Actually, we never knew this until recent years. And they found out that there was a gut brain connection by doing some experiments on mice as they do. Right. So what they actually found is they they were able to get two sets of mice. And in the one, they removed all bacteria from their gut. And then the other one just had its normal bacteria that mice have in their gut. And what they did is they exposed both of these different mice groups to some really high stresses. So they showed like pictures of cats and all these kind of things that would scare a mouse, right? And so what they found is that the mice group that had no microbiome, it had no bacteria in its gut. They had the same stress as the ones that had the the bacteria in their gut, but their stress was prolonged way after the event had taken place. And it actually affected their health. So they started to realize, you know what, there's something that plays a role. These bacteria in our gut actually help us to deal with stress and to not have stress be prolonged. And so they've done a whole bunch of studies since then and found that this is true also in the human body. So if we don't have the right amount of microbiome, you know, enough good bacteria, not only will we be stressed at the time when we are exposed to stress but we will have lingering stress that will stay on and we all know that long-term stress is actually detrimental to your health and of course your mental health okay and it in turn affects your physical health so the reason why there is this thing called the gut brain access it's a real legitimate thing okay so what happens is you have a system called the ENS system so that's your um basically it, it attaches at your pre-vertebral ganglia and goes along the vagus nerve and it attaches to the brain and, of course, down to the stomach. And in your ENS, it is basically the pathway where your gut and brain communicate to each other. And it's bi-directional. So your gut can communicate to your brain and your brain can communicate to your gut. And it's amazing because if your health is struggling in any kind of way, it's going to affect the way your brain and your mood functions. And it's incredible. And scientists call it the second brain because of this enteric nervous system, this ENS system. And they've found that if you have issues with your gut, you're going to have mental health issues as well, and then vice versa. So it's just incredible to realize how health really does begin in the gut. And if we are able to understand how that works more effectively, we can better take care of ourselves and um, treat mental health issues in a far more comprehensive way but also too we're able to prevent them in the first place which is far better right
0: yeah definitely
1: and you know the amazing thing is is that our ens have about five million different types of neurons and these help to govern our gi tract specifically like that's incredible because we have five times more neurons in that ens system than we do in our actual spinal cord so that's just incredible to realize like how much our gut and brain are connected and the ens can also operate on its own and that's pretty amazing so even if the brain isn't working so well or if the gut is not working so well it can actually just still send messages whether you like it or not right so all the more reason to support it by giving it the right conditions and the amazing thing is with the ENS as well is that it communicates with your central nervous system. So the two work very closely together via that vagus nerve. And of course, it really can affect, yeah, the communication between the two. Now, we all know about neurotransmitters, right?
0: Yeah, I've, I've heard of them.
1: Yeah. So these neurotransmitters, okay, we know that um, your brain uses them to send messages, And they are basically chemicals. These are the messages that are sent from your brain um, to your gut and vice versa. And what's amazing, when we think of neurotransmitters, some of the most popular ones that we are aware of are ones like dopamine and serotonin, right? So previously, as health practitioners, we always thought that these neurotransmitters were only made in your brain. But now we know that about 50% of dopamine and about 90% of serotonin are actually made in your gut. So it's quite incredible to realize that these hormones are produced in your gut.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome, you know, because I I know that traditionally, uh, we've looked at, say, for example, forms of exercise, you know, people say if you exercise more, you're going to give yourself a dopamine rush or a serotonin rush. Mm. You know, these are very, very important to boosting your brain performance, making you feel good, you know, making you feel um, happy, you know, reducing symptoms of depression and anxiety, right? So we've kind of known that, but what yeah. you're saying right now is like the kind of food we're also eating is directly going to correlate with how we're feeling too, because of this gut-brain connection. Um, it's really, really fascinating that these two things are so interconnected. It's not just, you know, everything kind of works together. It's not like the body parts are independent of one another. Each is giving feedback mm-hmm. to one another and the, the body's working in a harmonious system. It's just, it's a beautiful picture, you know, that you're describing here. It's pretty amazing. But, you know, it also reminds me when I was in uni and that wasn't recently, by the way, it's quite a few years ago now. But, you know, when I was in uni and I remember I had to give, you know, presentations, I used to just get so nervous um, and standing Mm -hmm. up. You know, it wasn't what I was eating, but just the fact of that anxiety used to make me feel a little bit sick in the stomach. And, you know, people talk about having butterflies in your tummy. And now I'm starting to figure Mm -hmm. out that actually what we're talking about is what we're feeling in the gut, right? So, people have that sense of nausea. They feel like they're going to throw up or something when they're getting anxious. Well, is this because mm-hmm. of this gut-brain connection that's taking place? You know, your your mind is feeling sick or your mind is feeling anxious. And so, you know, setting messages down to your gut and you're feeling a little bit nauseous down there as well. Is that what's really happening?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. So, I mean, I like to call those... Um, nervous poops. I like to call them stroops, right? So it's like a stress <laughs> poop. And this is actually like a real thing. So people get this, especially, yeah, when you have to do something that's out of your comfort zone, um, you'll usually have to go to the toilet. Sometimes people feel like nauseated and they want to vomit or other people would just get the stress poops, right? But this is a real thing. And the reason for that is because when you're under periods of heightened stress, you do have some other hormones that are released. So your cortisol is released, adrenaline, of course and your serotonin and as they release what it actually does is it releases it and it er- it raises up especially the serotonin in the gut and that can cause spasms in the colon and so it's very normal to go and have to do <laughs> a bowel movement prior to any kind of stressful event and that's just the way of the body being able to sort of clear things out in case you know it feels like it might be under that fight or flight kind of situation so, uh, yeah, it's actually, it's a way of the body being able to cope with stress, but it doesn't feel nice for any of us, right?
0: <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't. And I've been there a few times before. So this, this idea, so you've mm-hmm. coined, coined this word called stroops, right? I'm not going to forget that one. <laughs> I'm probably going to use that in my own vocabulary.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, Candace, that's been so amazing. You know, are there any closing thoughts you have on this topic or, you know, stories you've heard of people being healed when they took charge of their gut and mind?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, too many stories to actually mention today, but what I can say is that, you know, if you've been um, unwell, so if you're struggling with any kind of prolonged physical gut issues or any kind of mood or stress tolerance, if you have impaired stress tolerance, then you definitely want to see um, a practitioner who can really help to guide you along a proper pathway to wellness Um, And if you struggle with impaired cognitive function, then I would definitely suggest seeking professional help because you can get so much better than where you are, okay? We can always improve, all of us, wherever we are on our journey to health. And it's really about giving your body the right conditions to be able to heal itself. Our bodies are amazing. And as long as we can eliminate any of the causes to gut dysfunction and Um, any kind of intestinal permeability or any kind of problems with our microbiome, we are able to then repopulate it. So we can downregulate inflammation these days. We can repair the gut permeability and we can also restore that commensal microbiome population within your gut. So there are so many different things that you can achieve if you are under the right professional help. And so I would recommend that if you are suffering with anything or you've had problems that have been prolonged, you know, maybe you were born with issues, And so it's never too late. And I would say stop suffering in silence and seek professional support and guidance. You know, you can always improve your health wherever you are. And however, you know, distressing your condition might be, you can actually improve that that and feel better, you know. There are so many different things that you can do. And sometimes all we need is just a little bit of guidance and a few tools, and it can make all the difference in our health.
0: You're absolutely right. It can make all the difference. Well, Candace, I really, really want to thank you for joining us today on Lead Your Life. And I appreciate the time you've taken for this podcast. And if people want to connect with you and find out more because, hey, you are a health practitioner, right? So how can they actually do that? You know, what are are some ways that people who are listening today can connect with you if they're looking for a specific feedback or specific advice or tools, you know, that you can point them to in the right direction?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can always book in for a consultation with me. Um, You can contact me via my email, which is OakwoodWellbeingCenter, all one word, at gmail.com. And of course, if you're ever up in sunny Queensland, you can always come and visit the retreat, the Oakwood Wellbeing Centre. Um, we would love to help you with your health and well-being. And even if you don't have gut issues, whatever issues you have, um, changing your diet and lifestyle, having that modification take place can really make a massive difference. So I just wish everybody the very best in their health and well-being goals. And I hope that you'll continue to improve your health um, on your health and well-being journey.
0: Thank you, Candace. I'm really, really excited about taking charge of my own health, especially my gut. And now I know my microbiome and everything else you've covered today. And uh, hopefully dabbling into a little bit more prebiotics in preparation for the probiotics. Do I sound like a professional now?
1: Oh, look at you go, my work here is done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great, Candice. Well, thanks again. And uh, thank you also for listening today as well. I hope you've been enriched in your life and it gives you a few pointers to know where you can get started in taking charge of your gut health. And uh, today you might have heard for the very first time that your gut is not independent of how you feel and your brain performance. And so we all know the importance of looking after our minds, especially for our academics, our performance and our work. Uh, performance in our relationships, but we don't really realize that the food that we're feeding ourselves actually impacts and governs a large aspect of how we perceive life. So uh, we've really, really been blessed today and uh, what Candace has been sharing. And I just want to encourage you today to take charge of your health. And we call this podcast Lead Your Life because we want you to live your life to the full potential that God has designed it for. And always remember that when you take charge of leading your life, you will lead the lives of others better. Until next time.